Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. Because we did about, what, like 17 games? I think we did 17 or 18 games. Great practice um, for us to be practicing those rapid responses, um, dealing with the game management, you know, dealing, dealing with the players and coaches. I, I, I've seen the difference um, just in that short period of time. You know, I know we talked a little bit, um, but just keeping up with the content and going, reviewing, listening to everybody else's um, responses, how you respond to everybody else. I've been able to implement that into the game, and um, we both have been able to implement that, and I think it's been really well. I think our mechanics have been a little bit more sharper. I'm ready to see some film so that you can figure it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been, we've been on Amazon ordering up some gear, trying to set up shop. Yeah, the plan is to record this weekend so that we can see. So you, okay, great. Uh, which um, which AAU organization is running your tournaments? Because you know Zero Gravity Ball, um, what is it, Baller TV? Yeah, we, we yeah we missed the last Baller TV, but we um we I know we I know we we're gonna ref Battle of the Borough on Run for the Roses, which is gonna be in Kentucky and Tennessee. I know for sure Baller TV is running it all, so we're just gonna. Mm-hmm. You could um, tap tap into their film. Yep. You just buy a password or something, and they give you the access to that weekend. Um, let's double click back with some of the responses that you've had success with. What what does that sound like? You know, which ones have you used? What have been the situations that you had to implement it? Uh, um, one, coaches yelling across the floor. Um, I usually do a, a pregame, but. You know, doing not doing with all those games, so sometimes I skip yeah. every game. Um, but if I see us, if I sense that that this is going to be a tense game, uh, looking at the players, looking at the coaches, seeing how they treating the players, I was like, okay, let me let me probably kind of diffuse this before we get going. And uh, so just just um, that aspect, coaches, you know, doing things out of character, trying to really the assistant coaches and stuff. Hey, coach, you got to sit down. Um, you do. We say one. Hey, 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 coach, control, I need you to control your bet. Um, uh, we had a lot of tension on the benches. We gave a lot of technicals. Um, so we always, I would have to always uh, go and reiterate, coach, hey, you know, that's not going to be tolerated. Um Need you to keep it professional, you know. Um, so I want you to be specific with what's not going to be tolerated. Like I know it's obvious what he's doing, but I want you to reiterate that to him, Coach. Yeah. You've been shouting across the court. You're refereeing from the sidelines. You're throwing your arms up in the air. We just want to let you know that's not going to be tolerated tonight, because then you give him the full blast of everything. If he just hears that's not going to be tolerated, he could play the. What do you mean? What am I doing wrong? Like you lay lay it down, boom, boom, bullet points, boom, 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 and then throw it back at them just to give them a clearer picture and you're drawing a more definitive line in the sand. We want to draw very clear lines so there's no confusion as to what our guidelines are. 
you know, in AAU games, we very rarely, or at least I, let me speak for myself, very rarely would do a pregame, but it's probably a great idea. And I know if you work in 17 games, you're, go you're in between games, you're going to the bathroom, you're going to get food, you know, like you're showing up to the court a minute before the game. So that's the type of culture that it is. But I think the more you can do pregames in those environments and really establish those guidelines, and then you get to pull from that pregame too. Hey, coach, we already spoke to you in the pregame about sportsmanship and professionalism. Can we maintain that two-way respect? Can you work with me here? Yeah, like the situation um, where there was a foul, and then I called the foul, and I went to report it, and then the coach wanted to talk to me as I'm reporting. So I just said, coach, wait one second, let me report, then I'll come back to you. Um, and then she was just like, but I want to know now, and I just like, through the career, like, coach, one second, I'm going to report, then I can come back to you. And then when I came back over there to her, um, I just said, um, literally straight quote from what you say, like, coach, I'm very approachable. If you have a question, just ask me. You don't have to yell at me across the court. If I reported a foul, let me report first, and then you and I can have a conversation. Because um, I noticed that, like, and especially in the AU games, like, if you call a foul, they disagree. They want to talk to you about it right then. But like you still like I'm still running the game, so I can't like talk to you about it like right there. Especially um, if I'm administering the free throw, they want to talk to me across from the bench while the player is shooting. Um, so sometimes we'll switch when we notice the coach is like, if I have to administer, and the coach really wants to know why, we'll just kind of look at each other, switch, he'll go administer. But um, just keep like you said, like drawing the clear line of like, wait a moment, I'm coming to you. Good um, theme here is uh, administration before explanation. So in your case, I know there's sometimes we're just going to be like, coach, I'll be right over to you. So that was a good response there. Ultimately, you want to get to the point where you're not even acknowledging them. You're just handling your business, reporting the foul. White 24 hits two shots and they're, they can keep barking at you. Boom. And now you have more, a little bit more ammunition now when you're going to speak to them. Coach, you have to do me a favor and not shout at me when I'm reporting the foul. All right, I'm happy to give you an explanation, but you have to let me do my responsibility first. Responsibility or uh, responsibility is a good word. I know refs are like, let me do my job. Again, we know it's your job, but there's just a better way, I think, a more effective way of saying that. Because um, the, higher, the better verbiage we go like that's our obligation that's our responsibility this is our duties i think the um just the more professional it is so yeah try to fight through giving them an explanation or letting them know you'll be over and just report the foul and then go speak to them because you I've, I've gotten messed up so many times where i got distracted trying to give an explanation either to a player or to a coach and then i get to the table and i don't know who the foul is on now i got to backtrack and I, that all happened due to my inability to focus on my obligation at that moment. You get a lot of that players want to ask you, uh, like, all your way to reporting, they want to talk to him all the time. What happened? What did I do? I'll be right there. I'll be right there. Let me report. I'll be right over to you. I'm, I'm happy to speak to everybody. Like, I, I could talk hoops all day. So we just got to make sure we're doing it in the, uh, where we've, we've established the sportsmanship factor. So, you know, we're going to be able to uh, really, I think, dive deep into a lot of areas with this with this program. You know, uh, I have, like I said, I have five other 
um, officials that I'm, that I'm working with on a one-to-one basis with these calls every two weeks. And, you know, the first couple calls I want to, like, before I, I see your film, like, I think this is just a good night. I know you have, Sherry, I know you have questions for me, but we're going to be able to really, you know, go deep in so many different areas of officiating um, from the preparation, from positioning, play calling, communication. We'll, we'll be able to work on our signals. Like we'll have a, a, a one-to-one signal night where I'll, I want to watch you guys report all your signals. Um, we'll get deep into the rapid responses. So this is, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot we're going to attack. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, and the more questions you guys can have, uh, that's what I love to do. You know, Shara, I was saying, bring a hundred questions. Like, yeah. you know, with, with Crown Refs, that's what I love doing is answering questions. It allows me to, to pull from areas I wouldn't normally do and give, you know, better explanations and provide more instruction. So uh, I want to get into some of your questions or any kind of recaps from your games. And before you go, just the more games you could work and bullet things that happen that you're confused about, that you want clarity on, that you think will just be good talking points. And then this way you just pull from it, you know, during our sessions. Okay. Um, one, okay. So one question is just like, kind of like in AAU, they have these crazy numbers. I know that when we get into school ball, the Jersey numbers won't reflect that, but like we have like 37, 69, 99. So I think like, so we, like we, I've just been either just saying it or just reporting like 37 as like what was this like seven all right so just keep it normal though that's interesting so this is set this is not 25 this is seven yeah but okay. th- this is not an official signal holding your fingers like that okay you know so like i would rather you just show seven like you would if you're doing an ncaa women's game because okay. I had a fish, the official, like I had an official in my, in my club that like told me like, this is six, this is eight, this is seven, because this is like 25 and not seven. Yeah. But you can't show me the rule book that says this is six, this is seven that, you know, like we can't right. off that speculation. It's very clear what the, what the rule book says. Now I know there's illegal numbers, but I would just report it. You know, if it's 37 white, 37. It's not perfect, but it is what it is. Doing it that way is going to keep you sharp during the season when you're reporting regular numbers. So, like, don't do anything that you that makes you go outside what you would normally do during an NFHS game. Because then you start next season, next winter, you're going to be, you're just going to have that muscle memory twitch and just got to discard it. Discard it. Thanks. Just keep it simple. Yeah. Oh, good one. Yeah, because I guess... If you say seven and hold it, then they should, the table should hear seven. You see seven, not 25. And not whatever. Okay. And you could always let the table know before the game, like, hey, these are legal numbers. This is how I report it, just so we're on the same page, if you want. Okay. And then, so, like, I feel like we're doing a better job of, like, when we see, we're calling tighter early, especially AAU, because they get, very aggressive especially the uh, big boys and so um twice now on our partner floors that are across from us we've seen fights um 
And it seems to, like when we're watching, sometimes like in between, if we don't have a game or we have a break, we'll watch another game. And so what we're seeing is like there are hard fouls happening. The officials aren't calling them. So then kids get really pushy and really touchy um, and they get really upset. And then they start to like haunt each other and go at each other. Um, the situation that happened last week is that they were going at each other. Um, we were saying that if we were on the floor, it would have been stepping right in between white, go to your bench, black, go to your bench. So it's just a fight, fighting game maintenance. Cause it seems like in summer ball, like it's, it's just happening more and more now. Um, I guess just kind of like, what's your advice on like the two players, they're face to face, they're upset. Like we're in two men. Like what's the, what is the movement that we should do? And how, how does the other partner support yeah, so number one is safety, first and foremost. So at any point, if you guys don't feel like you're safe, you feel like the situation's not safe, get away. It's not your obligation or responsibility to break up a fight. Okay. So that's number one. I don't want you guys getting in the middle of a, of fists that are already being thrown. I don't want you getting in the middle of, like, shoves and all that. that get out of the way. Now, we can do everything leading up to that in order to be proactive and prevent that. If it's trash talk, two guys talking, okay, yes, we're going to get in between. Go to your bench or talk to your team. Captain, please talk to him. Captain, go deploy a more mature player at that moment if they're around to, to, to you know, manage them for you. So that's a tool that you have. But do everything you can to prevent a fight before it happens. And if it does happen... And then get out of the way and just watch who comes off the bench and you're just observing what happens. You know, some some officials go above and beyond in that situation. I mean, they're putting themselves at risk. Um, I, I'm not trying to get punched in the face, you know, for no reason. And uh, I'm not trying to get hurt. So you just got to use your gut there. And, um, because we, I, I was just thinking, like, how do we see it develop? We should be paying attention to it developing because it develops before it gets there. Yeah, sometimes it does. Sometimes it just pops out of nowhere. Okay. But yeah, definitely sometimes it does. And that's where that's why, you know, you see me put videos out about like no trash talking and all the players go crazy. Well, this is why there's no trash talking. And this is why as soon as a, a player talks to an opponent, that's coming up on my radar. And I'm either going to, we either have to give a warning, a technical foul, or use your words in order to let them know. So I'm constantly talking to players. I allow no trash talk. Yeah, like before you before you say that, baby, I text a player. They would well, they call the time the team. You check them like this. No, I checked out. No, so I text them like this. So the the team was up nine. They came back within one. Coach called a timeout. We stayed before I reported. I made sure both teams went to the both sides, and then I went and reported. Mm-hmm. The player from the team who was coming back started taunting the other player. I just immediately text him. And I was just like, we're not trash talking. There's no trash talking. Um, that was my way of trying to like, cause I literally just saw that happen on the other floor. And I'm like, we're not having any fights on this floor. So like trying to shut it down early. Yeah. One thing I see newer officials make or officials that are constantly working AAU tournaments and there may be, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of drama at these tournaments, right? So their, their, their senses, their radar is up and they're like, and then we develop terms like we got to call it tight 
for me, there is no type. No such thing as type. I want to be right. The players are going to dictate, you know, the contact. So if it's a game where they're, we're, call, we're calling it quote-unquote tight, it's because the players are committing fouls. So I don't ever come into the game and look at players, look at players warming up and have preconceived notions about how the game is going to go. I don't ever say, yo, we got to we got to come out here and get it right away. Like call all the illegals, all the hand checks. Like as soon as they get handsy, blow, you know, come out early with the foul. I don't I, that's not my philosophy. I never ref like that. I want to be right literally on every single possession. I just want to get the play right. If that's a correct no call, that's a correct call so just possession by possession just trying to be accurate and not getting into like the hype of which team is playing and how we're supposed to go into the game calling it it never works out like that had a situation uh, it's halftime after halftime team was up maybe about 20 30 points and we started the game and I look over and I notice there was no coach. And I asked the player, where, where y'all coach go? He said, he over there sitting down. He's in the spectators in the crowd talking to parents and stuff, trying to ref, trying to coach from the spectator. Uh, you know, I had to stop the game to come tell him, coach, I, I need a coach on the bench. Uh, what you're doing is unsporting. And I'm professional, and you know, setting a bad example for your for your team, you know, because uh, it it was a timeout call, and then I noticed I'm like, got the parents over there trying to give the kids little waters and stuff. I noticed I'm like, where's the coach? Um, I didn't know what to do at that time. I didn't know if they had deserted the tech or what, you know. Um, he was definitely gone, vacated about five minutes, maybe. You know, I thought he might have had to go to the restroom or something, you know, initially thinking. Uh, he, he only did have five players on top of that <laughs> as well. Um, these were like 16, 17 rows. But, uh, so when you told him, he came back yeah. over. Yeah. I told him what he was doing. He came back over, no hesitation. But he wanted, you know, he wanted to know why. I told him why, you know, sporting. And it's just, uh, it's just look back, I guess. I didn't I didn't know I'd never seen that. I didn't so I I wanted to couldn't wait to get here as like what what was I supposed to do in that moment or moving forward, like So he was just legit coaching his kids or he was also shouting at you guys? Um no, so he, he wasn't coaching at all. Oh, so oh, okay. He went that team had no discipline at all, yeah. to be clear. And it resulted in the coaches, um, you know, what he was doing. You know, everything. I, I would just try to figure that out before the game. If you know, like, there's no coach, you know, ask the kids where their coach is and then, you know, make them go get him or, like, let the tournament director know. There's no coach over here. Again, this is AAU. He started the game with the coach. Yeah, he just left. But he went up, like, 20, 30 points. So he just feel like, I'm just going to go over here, talk to the parents, meangle with the spectators while his players are on the court playing. Yeah, so I would just let him know, coach, either you, you have two options. You can either be the head coach of your team or you can be a spectator, but you can't be both. So your team has no coach here. Technically, we're not allowed to have this 
even start the game. So can you go over and coach your team? Gotcha. Now, what if he didn't want to? I don't know. This is a, you know, again, this is an AAU setting. So this is not an NFHS setting you're going to see in the winter. So there's that gray area. Like, I don't know, this is your seventh game. Like, you probably want to just get it going and, and get the game rolling, right? But in a real game, you're not going to have this type of situation. So there's there's pros and cons of, of working these AAU tournaments. You know, you're going to see a lot of things you would never see during an organized game, which is good and bad. It's going to prepare you. It's going to strengthen you. And don't let it frustrate you because most officials wind up getting frustrated in that environment for a long time. So don't let it, like, eat at you. Don't let it get you pissed off. Don't let the the people that you encounter and the lack of respect and the lack of sportsmanship and the lack of caring about the kids, really, like, don't let that get at you. Just know you're there to, to officiate the game. You're getting great cardio. You guys are there together, and you're learning, you know, together. So little pep talk about AAU. Big picture, big picture AAU. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. That was my bottom. I was like, I can't believe you did that. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely had spectators at the game for and coach at the game for refereeing on the sideline. Even though when I made that very clear through that line, uh, hey, as a head coach, coach, doing too much refereeing from the sideline, you know. You have to trust me and my partner. I trust my partner. What she sees, I believe we're going to get the call right. Uh, ooh, ooh. All right. Um, Let me just stop you there and we'll, we'll proceed. I liked everything you said up until we're going to get the call right. We don't need to prove to the coaches that we're working hard. We don't need to prove to the coaches that we're you know, in the best position to get the call right. We don't even need to mention that. That's, we don't need to go there. We don't need to bring that into the conversation. You know, we're doing our best to, to, to try to be accurate or we're doing our best to get the plays right. You know, that's a little bit better than we're, we're going to get the call right because we don't know if we're going to get it right. Like we're going to make mistakes. Right. Um, so what did he say after that? So he gave him a te- technical field because he was being non-compliant in that moment. There was no compliance to your response. Right. Yeah, he cursed, you know, beep, beep, BS, you know. Okay. Cool. Seventy foul, uh, assistant coach. Um, and we just moved on, shot the free throw. So this boot. is the assistant? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I was talking to the head coach about the assistant coach. How'd you, what'd you say? Yeah, coach, you guys are doing too much refereeing over here on the sideline. Can you please? Control your bitch. And that's when she begged, What you got? You got a little for this. You got a little for that. Coach, y'all, you guys are doing too much refereeing from the sideline. We got it. Trust, you know, I, that's when I told her, I trust my partner, et cetera. And I tried to walk, try to move on. And then he cussed, cussed, uh, and because it was mad, I guess. The rapid response wasn't what he was expecting, you know, and uh, you know, he rapidly responded to himself. You know what I mean? So uh, I had to just lay the ground, uh, technical foul, and another, and then this was a separate occasion with 
Let me, stop, let me stop you one more time. So with the assistant coach, you going up to the head coach saying, you guys are doing too much reffing. I want you to get more specific there. Coach, we're very approachable if you have a question, but one voice from the bench, your your assistant coach cannot chat onto the court. Soon as he starts talking about other plays, no, 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 whoa, give him the whoa, 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 coach, 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 and reel him back into your conversation. Coach, one voice from your bench, not your assistant. Can you work with me there? Can you help me manage your bench? Again, getting getting more specific, which is creating clearer guidelines. He might not even know what his assistant's doing because he's oblivious to it. He was definitely standing. I had to keep telling him, coach, sit down. Don't want coach. So I know when, when, when the assistants coach their team, I never tell them to sit. Now, if it's becoming too much and he's getting in the way and like, Maybe I'm in the trail and we have the assistant up. No, but I'm going to let them get up throughout the course of, you know, every other possession or every couple possessions or what to coach their team. If they're coaching their team, we have no... I don't mind that. That shouldn't pop up on our radar. I don't mind that either. But when you're yelling across and you're looking before the call, you're referring with me getting up like you're calling plays, that's when I have to tell coach, sit down. You know, and I I won't say anything about the refereeing, uh, ref the refereeing the game, up until it becomes, you know, the third fourth time down the trip where they're getting real loud, and then I have to tell them, hey, coach, guys, doing too much over here, uh, refereeing from the from the from the bench. You know, coach, hey, can you please control your bench. If you need anything, you have any questions, we very approachable. I say those things. I do say those things. Um, especially uh, when I do have a time to give them, they want to know any, uh, anything or a particular play. Yeah, coach, I'll look out for that. I'll look out for that headset. Yes, sir. Yes, I got you. Got you, coach. You know, I try to be compliant with them. I don't, you know, uh, be on the defense. Uh, not. I think I learned that skill a little bit more listening to you guys uh, talk, talk about that. Um, Starting out, I, I feel like maybe, yeah, as a little fish, I was doing a little bit too, being too defensive. So I was being a little aggressive maybe to the to the coaches. Um, getting adjusted, getting used to being in that role as officiating, I guess. Mm-hmm. Dealing with the different uh, personalities, you know, game to game. Um, try to learn how to talk to them in a manner where they, I'm very clear. And they have some understanding of what I want from them and what they can expect from me. So um, when I when I do put my voice on, I expect for them to understand where, we, where we're going here. And uh, if they got any questions that, that we're, you know, I, I'm out here to answer any questions. They're ball timeouts. Coach, let me know if you got any questions. Okay, cool, okay. All right, cool. Um, but should we be talking to the assistant coach, though? Like, that we should be reiterating to the head coach, like, or telling the assistant coach, coach, if you have a question, let your head coach know. I don't speak to the assistant coach right. if, if, unless it's, uh, you know, he's asking me a question about how to, how his team could not commit a charge or, like, what did he do wrong right. the last foul you called. 
st stuff that he's fact finding and act for actually um, to help his team with that information. Um, but if he's no, if he's shouting across the court or if he's refereeing, I'd never address the assistant coach. I address the head coach directly, and then the assistant coach gets that communication indirectly. So it's like I could be speaking. Shari's the head coach, you know, and I'm speaking about Khalid. Co coach, do me a favor. Control your bench and make sure your assistant doesn't shout across the court. Okay, he's got it's his duty to coach his players. I'll listen to you if you have a question, but one voice from your bench. Right, because I think that, like, I think that, like, two weekends ago, I think that my communication with the assistant coach is actually what kind of, like, takes it there because now the assistant coach wants to go back and forth and I'm not going. So I'm, like, just my conversation is just with the head coach with the rapid response that you just said when I wrote down, coach, please control your bench. If you have a question or if your assistant coach has a question, just tell them to tell you and you can you can act it's it's an easy matchup for us versus assistant coaches. Not not just to put it like in the boxing sense. We we just have all the leverage. They have no leverage to right. to argue calls. You know, we have all the power, so to speak, as far as like you know going right to the head coach. Coach, your assistant cannot do what he's doing. You know, we have the power to say that. So we don't ever want to get into a back and forth with with an assistant because they just never go well. We can never win that. And what we're doing is we're stooping down to that level. Yeah. Another point I had, but crossed my mind. Um, ah, keep 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 them coming. What else we got? This is good. Um, had to remove the spectator out the game. Um, mom thought it was okay. She could just run across the court. <laughs> I'm trying to inbound the ball. Uh, trying to get some, get her baby her juice. Yeah, I'm there. Uh, you know, you're a big boy. So I was, I blow the whistle to inbound the ball, but I shortly noticed she's on the court. I'm looking at her, blow the whistle, ma'am. Can I run across the court? I'd be outside of escort her with my hand gestures to come back to this side. She wanted to get all upset with me. I can do what I want to do. Cause the blessing. <laughs> so I blew the whistle again. Like, ma'am. <laughs> so she got she turned her head back at me, like, do, do, do. like, so I'm okay. I just stopped the game. Yeah. Gonna get my gonna get my security jacket. Man, jacket. Uh, she was doing a lot over already. Mm. You know. Um I I never said anything to her before that. Uh so I mean this is the stuff we we know we not probably are not don't typical see in school ball, but her it was her and her son, so technically it was six players on the floor. So when I tried to explain it to coach, I'm like, coach, technically you should have got a technical foul because the ball was inbounded. You had another player on the floor and a parent, like the parent, not so much, but you had six players on the floor because your parent and player were running across the floor. Um, I know that's not normal, but and we try not to pick out spectators um but when when they are being like berating and disrespectful we just i just wanted to walk you through the process this is what we have been doing is just stopping the game not engaging with the spectator sending both teams to their bench and then just going to find the game manager to have the spectator yeah yeah absolutely 
go right to game management, just like you said, sending teams to their bench, go let them know this this person needs to leave. Uh, the only thing I want, other thing I want to pick your brain about is like we, we are doing all two men. So when we go to our um, organizations, camp starting next week, we'll be back into three men. So our minds are going to shift back a little bit. But just do you have any like tips and strategies, right? Knowing that this weekend our sign are probably going to give us another 17, 18 games. Um, we're running the two man because I saw you do some two man varsity, which is very interesting. Mm. Um, with I think oh, it was an older guy with white hair. You, yeah. And I was listening to you talking about like mirroring him. I just want to know you have any like tips and strategies for us as we go into the rest of the AU season, running two men. Saving legs. Um. Yeah, yeah. Let's break it down. Let me uh, let me try to pull up a chart because I think a visual will be will be best. I was about positioning, huh? Yeah. <laughs> positioning impacts play calling. Um, there's an app I use that I, you can actually um, illustrate and bring the lead in and have 10 players. I don't know if there's a desktop version, but let me just bring up a, just a basketball court. I'll get to the ball and there's a lot So we've been like studying the primary. So which, um, let's say trail. So, um, trail like tra So I want you guys to work the sideline, be sideline oriented. Um, so the starting point for the trail is going to be the 28-foot mark. So that's going to be like where you want to run to pretty much every time, and then you adjust accordingly. Now, if the ball's at midcourt and you're refereeing A1 versus B1 at midcourt, you're not going to run to the 28-foot mark. But once the ball settles at or below the 28-foot mark, that's a good starting point for the trail. Center is going to set up sideline-oriented, um, free-throw line extended. Right, and then the, the lead is going to mirror the ball on the strong side. So let's say the ball is up here. So the lead is, you know, pretty much in line with the ball. Now, as the ball starts to come towards the paint, you know, lead is going to close down. And then once the ball gets rotated, one thing officials do is they over-rotate in a three-person, especially newer officials. They're in a rush to rotate. So as soon as the ball goes weak side, they, like, run over. You just got to be, you got to be patient. You got to let the ball settle. I don't rotate that much. There's games this year in a three-person game where I rotated like two or three times, which is very little, but I don't feel the need to just rush and get over. I'm If I'm comfortable, then that's what you want to be. You want to be comfortable with an open look and be confident being able to referee weak side plays. So let's say the ball gets crossed over um, to around here where the center is. The lead is going to step to this B position and then just feel it out. This is where feel for the game comes in. 
you guys obviously have the feel for the game being former players and coaches. So just kind of knowing what the offense is about to do, what the ball handler is about to do, if a screen, if a screen is about to come. You know, if there's a screen coming and then they're about to roll back towards the center, then we don't need to rotate. So just kind of finding your spots when a good time to get over is. But let's say the ball settles right over here. The lead is in this position, then they're going to rotate over and then mirror the ball again. And then we're we're back in that same same situation where the lead is mirroring. And this is the basket line. So anytime the ball is on the opposite basket line, um, the lead is going to be kind of in the B. We call this the B. We call this the A. This is the B. And then the C is when you rotate over. So a lot of officials, they go from A to C. They never stop at the B. You got to go to the B. You got to survey the court. Take a breath. Take a, take some snapshots. And then is, that, is that how we should be? Like, if we're in a two-man, because we're, if we're running the two-man, does it, does it, does the trail, should the trail be at this division line in the same way? And then... Um, Deleting. I'm trying to, I'm trying to visualize what you mean by the in the same way. So like, if it's just the two of us, should the trail like I see how you have the trail here like right above the three point line, the mm -hmm. center the line extended, but like if it's just the, the two of us. Yeah, pretty much same principle. Pretty much same principle. You get into the twenty eight foot mark. You're going to be sideline oriented. You're going to have to come out onto the court a little bit, especially when the ball is you know, in this, this kind of gray area, but I don't want you guys coming all the way over here. We're really only going to be, you know, working this, this probably not even this far out. Only, I only could take a couple steps onto the court in a two person. I see officials, they did, they, they're like almost yeah. center of the court, ref it over here. You know, two person is a little harder because there's, there's just more coverage that each official has, but these are just, things you talk about in your pregame and as you guys switch from two person to three person eventually you're gonna stat or develop the kind of just a three person way of doing things even when you go back and do two person because ultimately you're going to be working mostly three person games as you guys move up the ladder and you don't want to be in a two person game and make i'd rather you guys be in a two person game and make a mistake due to like the three-person influence versus being in a three-person game and make a mistake due to the two-person influence. Okay. Because three-person games are, are just usually higher-level games. That's right. Those are the games we want to be doing. I knew you ever, by, you ever had anybody rotate in from A to C like every position? <laughs> I see officials over-rotate all the time. That is so annoying. It's like... We're like, you working me, like, <laughs> I had a partner with mine, and he, he knew I was a new official, and I think he was being an a-hole, and he was just trying to see my knowledge, and he was just going from A to C, every position. I mean, and then when he went, he was in the slot, he was going from trail to slot, all, like, going up. I was like, yo, I don't know what this guy's problem is, because I'm trying to, trying to ref the game, but I know I'm supposed to look at my partner, but you do it. You're moving more than the players. So I'm like, <laughs> I can't even, can't even fathom like this, like really focus on the game. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. 
when we're in two men and we're reporting the foul, do you suggest we just step up to report? Like if I'm under the basket, do you suggest we step, I step up to report or do you suggest we swap out and he administered a free throw on a two man? In a two man, we're supposed to switch every time, right? So this is where when you work in these AAU games, you don't want to develop these kind of bad habits of not switching. Right. And I know when you're working 12 games in a day, there's just going to be times or games where you guys just don't switch. So that's, that's okay. But I don't want you guys to get locked into those habits. You know, we should be getting to the reporting area every yeah. time we report the foul. So if you call the foul from the lead in the trail, right, we should get to this reporting area, which is basically the three point line to three point line, this rectangular area in between that. So any part, whether it's the corner, that's fine. Right on the edge, great. Right in the middle, awesome. Like you guys determine that based on the play, based on where the players are. Um, but I would try to rote. I would try to switch as much as possible. Okay. Um. Do this, like for for long these long AAU weekends, I I would tell my partner, hey, let's switch on shooting fouls. Let's switch on all shooting fouls. You know, just just so you get into the habit of doing it the right way. I don't, I don't like not switching because then you start practicing something that it's not right. You're practicing the wrong things at the wrong time, and it's not helping you for the games that you want to be working. You know, we should, when I'm reporting the, the foul on the end line, I'm not, I'm not getting better as an official there, going through my routines and habits. So... But this was great. I feel like uh, we can go a lot longer. So this this was a really good first session. Next session, let's try to potentially watch film. This will be a combination of video and, and voice calls, you know, based on our availability. But, I'm you know, we'll try to do as many voice, uh, video calls as possible. So um, you guys text me at any point. If you have questions, you want to text me, like, during your games or send me plays or whatever, I'm here to support you. But uh, uh, thank you for this. This was helpful for me, too. So we're both going to learn a lot from this. Thank you, bro. Did you have been watching the um, finals? Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch much in the regular season, but I've been um, pretty tapped into it. It's been good. I've, I've been enjoying watching uh, the Miami, and uh, I'm enjoying watching Jokic. I didn't know how good he was. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's been so – I've been wanting to share some calls on that uh, on that aspect, watching the games. I, I was going to talk to you about Screen record something and put it in the uh, Discord for the fellas and uh, ladies as well. Uh, start some dialogue. Yeah, I encourage you guys to post anytime. We'd be like, what? That was not a foul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there where you're, you know, you're, you're disagreeing with what's on TV. Just try not to get, just remember, NBA is a completely different game from uh, NFHS. So the, the rules are different. The uh, interpretations are different. They call the game differently. So don't let it, don't be the high school refs that are watching the NBA game getting pissed off like at the refs or like at the rule differences. Cause there's a lot of high school refs that like hate the NBA. Like why we, why we have to hate, hate on it. It's different. It's just, it's a different game. So let's keep them separate. Okay. They thought we was NBA refs last weekend. This is not the NBA. It's man. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you so much for everything, Paul. 
Thank you. How, uh, last question. Have you guys enjoyed um, all the content in the community so far? We're really enjoying it. Uh, I'm, 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 be, I'm being nosy a little bit. Just, you know, how so? just, just seeing how the people are reacting and just saying, you know, how, how tight I'm seeing, I'm appreciating how close uh, I see some of the members are, get, you know, have been with each other and what the they're sharing and the chats. And uh, so I just, I figure out, you know, I'm, I want to be weird and be jumping all the, hey guys. There's no weird, there's no weird, bro. There's no weird, there's no dumb questions. There's no should I ask this. I set this up so you can have something at your disposal, you know, 24 seven. So ask any questions you have and I'm, I'm glad you appreciate and see the camaraderie. And that's, like I said, that was the first thing I talked to you guys about is just team chemistry that we have and the communication and the collaboration and the back and forth and, you know, the positive exchanges. So that's what makes it so good. So, you know, ask, ask away. If you have a, a play you want to send in, that's great. If you have a question, ask the community too, because we have so many talented refs in there that want to help out. Yep. We're ordering gear this week, so we're excited. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you so much. You got to get all the drive-thru. <laughs> Sweet logo, man. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game.